Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And speaking of traveling the world, we're actually traveling through Central America currently, all over land. We've been traveling from Mexico into Belize, into Guatemala, into El Salvador, into Honduras. And as of this interview, we're actually in Granada, Nicaragua. And we're absolutely loving Nicaragua. We're about to do a volcano tour later on in the evening uh, where you actually go climb up the, the volcano and you look down into the crater and you can actually see bubbling lava. So I'm super excited about that because it's the first time I'm going to ever see lava, not just on a video, but actually in real life. So stay tuned for those videos, pictures, and blog posts on our website, uh, daddyblogger.com. And as we're traveling, we actually love interviewing fellow entrepreneurs, fellow world travelers, fellow bloggers. And we have one on the show today. And uh, our guest today is uh, Tomiko. Harvey and Tomiko is actually joining us from Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, she has, she's the founder of Passports and Grub, PassportsandGrub.com, where she writes about luxury travel, couple travel, family travel, travel in your backyard, travel overseas, of course, cuisine and uh, you know uh, um, culinary travel and much more. Uh, so we're going to be finding out all about uh, uh, Tomiko and her travels and her blog, luxury travel and uh, a lot more. So Tomiko. How are you doing over there in beautiful Memphis, Tennessee today? I am doing fantastic. It's a little chilly, but I am doing great. Packing, we're getting ready to go to Orlando in the morning to Disney. So I am over here trying to pack and clean up and get ready for a road trip in the morning. Well, I'm super glad we got you in the midst of your uh, travel uh, planning and uh, definitely wish you the best over there in Orlando. I'm sure it's going to be a a lot hotter than over there in Tennessee. Yes, yes. So uh, why don't we get to know you a little bit better, uh, Tomiko, uh, if you want to do a quick introduction and share a little bit more about yourself. All right. So again, I am the owner and creator of Passports and Grub. Um, I sort of talk about all things travel-related, uh, food, uh, which is a big passion of mine. I, I love cuisine. Um, and in fact, we have a saying here in my house, my daughter is not allowed to say something is nasty, um, as kids often do, if you've never tasted it, how can you say that it's nasty? Um, and so she is becoming quite the little foodie herself. Um, I do a lot of, uh, food challenges. Um, and so we just try to, every year we take a couple of trips, my husband and I, uh, because I think it's important for couples uh, to travel without their children. Um, so I know a lot of couples think they must take their kids everywhere they go. But, you know, I promise you, when you get back, they'll still be alive. <laughs> they won't wither away without mom or dad there, I promise you. Uh, so we just try to make sure that um, people realize that there's a big old world out there. There's so much to see other than where you are. And even if you can't travel across the world, if you just get out and explore your own backyard, um, just so long as you know you don't sit in the house every weekend and then on Monday morning, you're complaining that, oh my God, it's the dreaded Monday morning again and you haven't done anything in three days. It's definitely a common story across the world where people dread the Mondays and the TGIF look for the Friday and then in the midst of the weekend, they're doing Netflixing or just uh, uh, you know watching uh, football or hockey or baseball, and they're not making the most of the time off. So I'm glad you brought that perspective into it. 
So uh, why don't we uh, find out firstly about some of your travels? You mentioned uh, you love traveling in your own backyard in the U.S., but also tell us about some of your, uh, you know, your domestic trips and, of course, all of your international trips as well. Um, so like last year, we focused on Alabama um, for our summer. So every summer, we focus on a surrounding state like uh, many families out there. It's kind of expensive to um, travel with children and uh, buying airline tickets two, three times a year. That can be quite expensive. So I started thinking, you know, instead of allowing our kids to sit around all summer and not exercise what little brain power they do decide to use, um, how can we teach them and have it educational and yet be fun? So every summer we get up every, we focus on one state. This year we're going to focus on Kentucky. So all summer long, we're going to go all in, all up and down the state of Kentucky. Last year, it was Alabama. Uh, we went all over Alabama. We Oh, God, it was so much fun. Um, and so we do that every year. Um, and Costa Rica is my favorite place. Um, that's close to my heart. I love um, uh, the Nicoya Peninsula. Uh, it's a little small village uh, called Santa Teresa. That's my favorite. Uh, we just got back from Belize, where you're going. Uh, we didn't do the beach in Belize. We stayed in the mountains. So we didn't do the the beach side, but we stayed in the mountains. Of course, um, Italy, um, Rome, uh, the Amalfi Coast is my second favorite place. I love the Amalfi Coast. Uh, going to Canada this year and plan on hopefully... Uh, I'll make Seychelles, or is it seashells? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Which one is it? I actually uh, mispronounce it all the time, too. It's like Maldives and Maldives, or seashells yeah. and <laughs> seashells. Both of those are these uh, tropical islands that uh, I'm not sure if anyone knows the correct right. uh, pronunciation of either of those. <laughs> so, yeah, we just try to get out. I try to make sure that, you know, my husband and I, that in our travels, that you know, we spend time and we connect um, because I think a lot of times when couples get married, their worlds begin to focus solely on their children and not saying that you're you don't want to expose your children to, you know, other cultures and travel. Of course, I do. But you also I want my readers to realize, especially most of my 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 readers are women with children. And sometimes we as women, when we have kids, our kids become the main focus of where we put all of our energy and our time. And so I want my readers to really understand that that same energy and focus that you put into your kids, that you need that getaway time with your significant other as well. And so it's a lot about, you know, it's okay to spend time you know, with your, with your spouse. And I try to tell my readers, I promise your kid will not disappear. They're going to be fed. Their, their grandmother who raised you, you seem to have made it okay. Some, some, we think that, you know, our, our parents are going to be able to take care of our kids the way we are. So I, it's a combination of, of all of that. Awesome. Awesome. And I totally agree in your sentiments there about marital relationship. 
I know when we're traveling, we definitely need to do more of that. But every now and then, we actually get to do a date night while we're traveling. Uh, some of the hotels, they actually have a babysitting service at the hotel, or you pay a staff member, they can uh, stay at the hotel room, and then we can go out for dinner, or just right. uh, get some kid-free time. That's very important. And uh, you know, if you have the luxury of uh, grandparents around, that's always great to have that free babysitting uh, you know, uh, around. And it's really good, obviously, for the grandparents and the grandkids to build up their bond while you're building up the marital bond. So yeah, great, great uh, tips and suggestions there. Uh, curious to know about uh, your blog. Uh, how long has it been running? When did you start it? And uh, I love the name as well. Tell us a little bit about how you came up with the name. Obviously, we know it means like uh, travel and food, but uh, maybe take us through the, a little bit of the etymology of how you uh, came up with the name and uh, when did you create the blog? So I, the name, I knew I wanted it to be travel and food. So I didn't want, Grump came about because I didn't want it to, even though it's, I do a lot of boutique hotels, which is normally associated with luxury. So I wanted a word that would not put off a certain audience. So grub seems very down to earth. We know that it means food. You know, I'm going to go get some grub. I'm hungry. So passports kind of let, you know, it's travel. And then grub is food, but it's not, you know, cuisine or making you think that, you know, oh, it's only five-star eating. Because in my travels, literally some of the best food that I've eaten has been, you know, at shacks that were on the side of the road. Um, and so I didn't, I don't, I didn't want to turn off a segment of the population uh, by people thinking that it, it was only five-star dining, which I do feature, you know, a, a lot of five-star dining, but it's not just luxury. There is good food and it doesn't have to be, you know, you have to spend an arm and a leg to get a good meal when you travel. Literally, you know, when we were in Belize, uh, there was a lady cooking out of the trunk of her car and, um, oh my God, it was like so delicious. And it was on the side of the road and out of the trunk of her car. So I wanted it to be say, yes, let's travel, but I wanted it to be relatable. And I have been blogging. It'll be three years in August. So not very long. Awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah, and I, I totally agree with you about the sentiments regarding uh, food uh, that's maybe not in restaurants and not in uh, uh, your typical places. And you usually find uh, some amazing uh, food things that don't even have uh, luxurious names. They're not in the guidebooks. And sometimes you just ask for a local recommendation, maybe from your hostel hotel. Or when you're walking around, boom, you come across something. And go with that instinct uh, to, to eat it, even though you might uh, hesitate. But uh, go with it, and you'll be pleasantly surprised how delicious the street food is. Some of these countries. Right. And that's another way to just, you know, people travel to figure out what how other countries live. And one thing that is sort of universal is food and music. And if you're traveling and you're not eating on the resort or at a chain, you know, try to find figure out where the locals go, figure out what they eat and how you can immerse yourself in the culture. And even those language barriers won't necessarily be a barrier um, when you figure out where to eat and where to dance. Those sort of things bring all cultures together. 
Totally, totally. And, uh, you know, just as we're speaking, I can see the sign behind me. It actually says Comida Nacional. In Spanish, yes. it means national food or bebidas frios, uh, the uh, cold drinks and all. So you try out the local foods. <laughs> Definitely yes. one of the best parts. That is the best way to, I find, is to figure out, you know, find someone and say, hey, where can I find some authentic, not anything, you know, that they're making on the resort. But venture off, you know, nobody wants you. Nobody's going to kill you. Leave all the myths alone uh, that you hear about traveling. And even for me, an avid traveler, I had never gone to Mexico before. Uh, and I had not gone to Mexico because um, I'd always listened to what other, oh, Mexico is so dangerous. And uh, this past October, uh, I went to Los Cabos for the first time and it was, oh my God, the beaches were awesome. The people were spectacular. And I was telling my husband, I've, we've been missing out all this long time because we're listening to what other people are saying. And that should, and I should know that as a travel blogger, figure it out for yourself and don't listen to anybody else. Yeah, preach it, preach it. I totally agree. I've been, we've been traveling through this area. El Salvador, Nicaragua, Honduras. It's not known as the safest place in the world, but actually it, it is very safe. I mean, it's surprisingly like family oriented. There's kids everywhere. People right. are very welcoming when they see us with their little kiddos there. So I highly recommend traveling this part of the world. It's uh, very affordable as well. I mean, uh, uh, you can uh, travel for uh, very cheaply in El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua area. I know Costa Rica can be a little bit pricier and Belize can be a little bit pricier, but uh, yeah, definitely an amazing part of the world with Lots of uh, incredible sights to see. So uh, tell us about uh, what are some of the topics you're writing on in your blog? So obviously travel and food, but uh, break it down. What are some of the major themes and topics? So <clears throat> I am trying to, um, in the past, it had been um, a lot of couples travel, uh, a lot of family travel in the summertime, um, reviews. And so I think that in 2018, I am going to move away from the reviews so much. Uh, and I want to sort of dig a little bit deeper in to why traveling is so important, especially in the sort of climate that we're in. Um, and, you know, I have, I've been very fortunate that in the three years that I've been traveling, to sort of have gained a little popularity a little bit faster than uh, it takes most bloggers that are starting out. I've worked with some amazing brands um, and I decided that I, I, I think that I need to have more of a, uh, a voice about why we should be traveling and how traveling uh, dispels all of the stereotypes that people have um, about each other and that you may not even realize that you have these thoughts in your mind about other cultures, other people, other religions, and who told you that your religion or your culture or the way you do things is the right way. And so I think that if we sort of peel back those layers and understand 
you know, what going to, to see at the basis of no matter where you're from, people want to be loved. They want their children to succeed. Um, and if people sort of understand that about one another, that I think we'll, we'll be a little bit better off. So I want to sort of move into, I don't want to be all serious, but I want people to realize that traveling does that for you. It sort of peel back the layers and allow you to put yourself in someone else's shoes, as opposed to have those blinders on and sort of think that your way is necessarily the right way. Yeah, definitely uh, changes your mindset, your perspective, your compassion uh, for the world and for others. So Tamiko, I'm curious to know about, uh, uh, in your blog, you mentioned that you were able to grow quite quickly in just three years. And uh, I literally talk to people, uh, you know, uh, over my podcast and blog about people who want to start a blogging and they're, 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 they're not sure of how to start uh, or how to grow. So maybe you, since you've been blogging for three years and have grown quite astonishingly in such a short time period, can give some tips. What advice or tips would you give to someone who's maybe just thinking of starting their blog? You know what? My first tip is to, which is what I did. I treated it like a business from the beginning. Um, I never started it as a hobby. Uh, I never wanted it to be a hobby. I knew that going into this, that I needed to understand what branding meant. I needed to understand um, who my who I wanted my audience to be. Um, I needed to understand even something as simple as, you know, brand colors and fonts and making sure that you are sending the same message across all social media platforms. And that when someone comes to your blog, that they come to your website, that it looks professional, that you have professional pictures taken, that you're, you know, you're using your spell check, <laughs> something as simple as that. So I started it as a business and, um, I am, uh, going to tell my age. So I'm 47 years old and, uh, retirement is like right over that little corner over there. Um, uh, and I don't want to wait till I'm 65 to retire. So my blog was moving me so that I can move out of corporate America. And so this was sort of setting the groundwork so that when my husband and I retire, this will be our source of income for when we retire. So that was the premise of the blog. That's how I started it. And, um, and I would say, look at it as a business. You need to learn SEO. I would say uh, the one thing that I wish I had known then uh, that I know now would probably be SEO. I would say that is the one, uh, most important factor that, uh, new bloggers need to sort of learn and understand is if you don't understand SEO, you can write to the cows come home, but if nobody is reading it, it's not doing you any good. And SEO is definitely a hard topic to understand fully. A lot of people uh, claim to know it, the SEO gurus, experts, but Google never reveals what Google knows. Uh, but uh, do you have any tips maybe on SEO uh, from your experience? What have you done or what have you found has helped you rank in the search engines? You know, I, I am still learning, but 
I would say, you know, understand what your keywords are. And for those that don't know what keywords are, when, you know, when you go and you search something, what are you searching in Google? What words are you typing? And go down to the end. Once you put in what you're searching in Google, go all the way down to the bottom and Google is going to give you a list of six or seven alternatives to what you searched. And then you can go in and use those as some of you that make that be your keywords for what people are searching for. So you have to think like someone that is looking for something that you want to find your page. So, you know, it's not just about, you know, how am I going to rank? But are you, but you're never going to rank if you're not putting in the correct keywords. So, you know, and then make sure that you're not ranking for, you're not trying to rank for a keyword that you're never going to be able to rank for. Like, I know I will never be able to work rank for travel blogger because there are a, a gazillion travel bloggers and I am no uh, Rick Steves. So, you know, I can't rank for that. So you have to figure out, you know, what can you rank for and how you're going to rank for that. So make sure that you're not reaching for the stars, find that middle ground um, and, and, and go from there. But I think that SEO um, is probably the number one thing that I would say, uh, if you're new to this, that you need to immerse yourself in, try to understand um, and go on the conferences. I go to a lot of conferences. You meet other travel bloggers. They are a wealth of information. Um, one of the ones I attend every year is TBEX. Um, I love TBEX. Um, so I attend their conference every year, but find your conference. And I would say, find you a tribe, a tribe of fellow travel bloggers that, you know, you can run bounce ideas off of, find somebody that is going to tell you that, you know, your stuff sucks when it does and you not get offended uh, or say, yes, you're moving in the right direction. Awesome tips. Awesome tips. Uh, networking, building your tribe, and of course, all those uh, solid tips on SEO and keyword research as well. Uh, so curious to know about this whole area of luxury travel. On our podcast, we've recorded about 340 episodes or more, and we haven't done that many luxury travel uh, episodes, but I'm always looking to cover that more. And I know that that's an area that's up and growing and trending right now. Tell us a little bit about luxury travel in terms of uh, how do you actually uh, choose your destinations? How do you choose your hotels? How do you choose your restaurants? Uh, walk us through your process. I'd love to hear more. So for me, my husband hates this because he doesn't understand why we can't go stay at a Hilton or a Hampton Inn or mm. wherever. He was like, we spend so much money and you don't have to spend a lot of money if you know the correct websites. So, you know, I will admit I, I like what I like, <laughs> you know, I like nice things. I like to, when I go to a hotel, I don't care if I'm out all day long and I'm not going to be in there that long. When I come back to my room, I want it to smell good. I want luxurious pillows. I want turn down service. I want great food. 
Uh, I want to be, I don't like huge hotels. So I like small boutique hotels that maybe are only 20 rooms or less are probably the most. And I like that because of the attention to detail. I mean, when we were just in Belize, we would leave out of the, out of our little villa and be walking up the little sidewalk to go wherever or still on the property. And, um, someone would say, hello, Miss Tomiko, how you doing? Never met them before, had never seen them before. And they would automatically know your name. You know, they would know what you like, what you like to drink, just the attention to detail. So, and if their websites like Jet Setter is my favorite. I don't know if you've heard of Jet Setter. I'm sure you have. Yes, I have. Yes. So for those of you who um, aren't familiar with like luxury travel sites, I use small luxury hotels, which is SLH, I believe it is, dot com, www.slh, and I use Jet Setter. Those are my two go-to websites uh, that I use. And then I pitch to the brands as well. So, you know, being a travel blogger has afforded me, you know, not to spend a ton of money because I pitch to the brands and, you know, offer them my great service and bring customers their way. Um, but just being like uh, in um, Costa Rica, where you're going to next, my favorite boutique hotel in the world is for Blanca. There are only 10 villas on the whole resort. They're all, uh, uh, waterfront. So each one is like you come out of your room and the water, you can hear the waves crashing and, you know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful experience. So yes. And, you know, save up for it. You know, once a year, go somewhere and treat yourself to something nice. You know, you work hard all year round. And if you're going to go and go across the country or go somewhere else, you know, at least you know, once every two years, you may can't afford to do it every year, but you know, stay somewhere nice. I, I, I do. I love. And then when I'm at the uh, hotels, I always, you know, get with the concierge and say, you know, what are some of the, you know, nicer restaurants around? And they always send you to, you know, what some of the upscale restaurants are. And a lot of times they aren't that pricey, you know, so it just depends on what your price point is. So do you do luxury in your, do you stay luxury when, as you are hopping through? Uh, for us, we're actually traveling a long term. So we've been traveling for over a year. So of course, if we did luxury travel, we'd go broke in a heartbeat. Uh, so we're currently doing a lot of travel. So I'm actually uh, joining you live from a hostel here in Granada, Nicaragua, and it's only uh, 20 US per night. So we're, 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 we're pretty much uh, budget travelers right now. Okay. But because I have my travel blog every now and then we get tweeted and pampered, uh, in return for a blog post some social media shares. So, uh, shout out to some of them, but, uh, I, we had an amazing stay when we were in uh, Cape Town, South Africa at the granddaddy boutique hotel. And, uh, I, I'm like you, uh, whenever we do luxury, we like these boutique, uh, unique kind of places. And that, that was the only hotel with air streams on the roof. And they have these luxury airstreamers. Uh, you know, people might think of our, uh, airstreamers from RVing and all, but they've actually renovated them and they've uh, painted all the interior and put some amazing furniture in there. And it looks like the, the different regions of South Africa. So 
that was probably our favorite uh, boutique hotel out of all our travels so far. But we're we're, we're definitely more of the we're definitely more of the budget travelers right now because of the long term. But you know, like what you're saying, if you're if you're working like crazy, you're doing only one or two vacations a year, then of course you're more disclosed and then more uh, to enjoy on your two weeks because you worked hard. So might as well enjoy and play hard as well. What was the name of the hotel you were saying? What was the name of it? Shout out, shout out to them, Grand Daddy Boutique Hotel. No association with my website, daddyblogger.com. It's called the Grand Daddy Boutique Hotel. All right, I am putting that, saving that. Yep, it came right up. I want to. There you go. Okay. Yeah, highly recommend it for uh, people who are looking for a little bit of luxury in the midst of Cape Town. Very beautiful. One of my favorite cities in the world, by the way. Cape Town gets, uh, you know, a kind of a bad rep for the stuff we've been talking about earlier, like safety or. Uh, robberies or gang violence or the past, right. but uh, it's an amazing city. One of the most uh, aesthetically beautiful cities in the world because you've got the city, you got the ocean, and you have the backdrop of this gigantic cable mountain in the backdrop. You can take the cable car, and it's one of the most unique cable cars as well because you've got a, a 360 degree rotation as you're going up Cable Mountain. So, highly recommended. Of course, you have all the animal safaris and right. Um, You've got the, the penguins there and uh, the, the food. I mean, you're a food lover. Uh, South Africa food is amazing. And of course, at the end of the day, travels all over the people. And uh, South African people are incredible, super hospitable, super friendly. So, yeah, the, the, that's my, my recommendation there. <laughs> and even with luxury travel, you know, it's all about what's a priority for you. So, like, we don't have luxury cars. You know, my husband has an old Honda Accord that he drives um we have a you know and so we don't spend a lot of money on stuff you know even for christmas i give my daughter the option do you want a gift or do you want to go somewhere if you want a gift i'll buy you a gift but if you want to experience somewhere you want to go somewhere new you decide if you want to go out of the country or you decide if you want something material so it's all about where your priorities are and where you want to spend your money. Because most people have the money to travel. Their priorities are just in other places. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, either you're paying for experiences, those memories, and those significant life moments, or you're paying for stuff, the latest wow. gadgets, the technology, or the power, or the house. So yeah, definitely prioritize experiences uh, that will last much longer than any materialism in the world. Uh, right. So curious to know about your whole uh, fine dining and uh, luxury travel in terms of the food, because one of the big elements of travel is, of course, the food. You've already covered some of the things you like in a nice boutique hotel, but walk us through, uh, what are you looking for when you look for a luxury restaurant and a luxury dining experience? You know, I, I think the first thing that I look for is going to be the aesthetics and how the restaurant looks and how it feels. And when I go to a, whether it's a luxury hotel or a luxury restaurant, I want to walk in and I want to feel like, oh my God, I know this is going to be like, it's, it arises, something happens inside of me when you see the white tablecloths and you see the service that you are, uh, that you're receiving. So I, I think visually, uh, the first thing I look for, like even in Italy, we did the um, the cave, uh, the restaurants that are on, they are perched uh, inside of a cave. 
Um, I don't remember the name of it, but it was, uh, I think it may have been called the Cave Restaurant. I'm not really sure. Uh, but it was perched, it was uh, on the Mediterranean Ocean or sea or whatever it is. And it was perched in a mountain and it was just the ambiance was just absolutely beautiful, the water. And then, you know, again, it has a lot to do with the service. Um, and then if you are paying premium dollar, of course, the food must must meet that as well. Another When I was in uh, the Amalfi Coast, um, I ordered some octopus uh, and they sent this little old guy. He had to be about, looked like he was 70 years old out in a rowboat. He went out and caught me an octopus. They came back and it was in a bucket, all black and nasty. And they showed it to me. They took it to the back, cleaned it and brought it back out 20 minutes later. Oh, wow. like, it doesn't get any fresher. It doesn't get any better than that. I mean, it, that is just like, I mean, talk about fresh right out of right out of the water and then when you go to those type of restaurants you expect the freshest food you expect the uh the service to be immaculate uh you expect them to cater to you and to make sure that you know your food is how it's it's going to be presented a certain way awesome man so we've covered hotels food what about sightseeing, attractions, tourism, that whole element? How can you incorporate luxury travel into those things? Well, you know, even with 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 going on the the tours, you know, and again, that's all a part of making sure you get out and you see what that country, whatever it is, like you're going to go to the volcano um, later. Yes, you want to spend time you know, by the pool or at the beach. But if you're going to another country, you must see what all they have to offer. You know, like the arches in uh, Los Cabos that we just came back from or Pompeii in Italy. Uh, that was, you know, I love Pompeii. Um, the volcanoes in Hawaii, you know, they were spectacular. Um, I think my favorite was the green sand beach. So you want to go and see and experience um, all of those things that you may not necessarily get to see again. I remember the Green Sand Beach. I was like, man, that's a long way away. And my husband was like, OK, but are we probably going to get back here again anytime soon? So I sucked it up. We got up and we went out there and it was absolutely amazing. So you must incorporate those things you don't have to spend your whole vacation uh checking everything off a list but find two or three things that sort of stand out to you the most and check them off your list um so i like to try to do at least two things while i'm on uh while i'm out traveling and and again you don't want to spend your whole time you know because then you you're not really seeing anything if every minute of the second you're checking something off of your to-do list. So you want to be able to, because if you go to Pompeii in Italy, in Italy, that's like a whole day. You won't be able to go to Pompeii and then go over the Rome. So you have to be able to figure out how to 
time management. You know, if I do this this day, then what am I going to do the next day? So you have to have your time management skills when you're going to these different countries and uh, being able to see the different sites. Awesome. And, uh, you know, one of the other things is you cannot ever see them all because there's only like maybe you have a two week uh, there or if you're lucky, a little bit longer. But you can't actually see the whole thing even if you're going to a small country. And that's one of the hardest things because you got to pick and choose what to see and what to leave for the next trip potentially. And you know what? I always I uh, one thing that I've stopped doing is um, going from hotel to hotel to hotel because you're trying to like if I'm going to be gone for two weeks, then. You know, you want to go to, you want to see everything. So in trying to see everything, you're moving and moving and moving and moving. And then you don't really get to see anything because you never unpacked. So now what we do is I find two places and I move the first place and then I move again. And then I do day trips. So I don't want to, and then if I happen to get back there again, then we'll move forward. But trying to move every other day, that's just, at least for me, that's not any fun. Awesome, awesome. Some great tips here, Tomiko. So uh, in closing, uh, you've uh, shared a lot about, uh, you know, uh, luxury travel and some great tips about travel blogging. If there are people who wanted to, uh, you know, pick your brain a little bit more, and uh, follow you along on your own adventures through uh, blogging, social media. Tell us about how they can do that. I am. Uh, my blog is passports, www.passportsandgrub.com. You can find me on Facebook at Passports and Grub and Instagram at Passports and Grub. And if you need to send me an email, you can email me at Passports and Grubs with an S because I initially had grubs on my domain. And for some reason, everybody was thinking I was talking about the bug, like a grub as in a bug. So <laughs> <laughs> I changed it. So my email address still has the S on the end of it. Uh, so reach out to me uh, and I can, you know, you are a new blogger. Um, I do pitching courses. You know, I teach bloggers you know, how to pitch to brands, um, how to reach out to brands and, you know, not just having a, um, a media kit. I don't even use media kits anymore. I use what I call a pitching deck, uh, that is more, uh, brand oriented and talking about who I am and what I can offer instead of focusing on numbers. Uh, because really the small, smaller bloggers, uh, they probably can offer a lot more than the larger bloggers because they're not really, I mean, if you have 50 million followers, but you're not really influencing anybody, you know, are you really an influencer? So reach out to me and I will respond right away. And I look forward to talking to everybody. And it was a pleasure uh, talking to you today. It was really, really fun. It was a lot of fun indeed, and I get uh, inspired just uh, hearing all your stories about all these amazing hotels and destinations, and I'm sure a lot of our viewers and listeners want to jump on uh, some of our suggestions here on the show. Uh, so once again, uh, make sure you check out uh, Tomiko's blog. Her blog is Passports and Grub. And if you love travel and if you love food and who doesn't, make sure you check out her site. Make sure you check out our site as well. We're daddyblogger.com. 
And uh, we're also digitalnomadmastery.com. And uh, thanks for watching. And thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Happy travels. <laughs>